All right. Good morning. Good morning, Twitter family. My name is Katie Miglin, and we are here not with Jeff, not with Ray, but just the two of us to do our Wednesday wake up where we kickstart every Wednesday, Monday, every Wednesday, every week on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Did I get them out? So go ahead, refill your coffee. We know we need it. And we'll be back in just a few seconds. All right, good morning and happy Wednesday. I am here with Joshua double underscore stamper. Josh, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Although I, I need to know, Katie, are you a morning person? Do I wake up early? Yes. Do <laughs> I do a lot of interacting with people? No. <laughs> I think I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yes. I don't mind like early morning, quiet time. I have, you know, check email, drink coffee, but I don't know that I necessarily want to be around a lot of people. So Josh, this is going to be a real treat. The fact that we are in this together, both of us morning people, but are not used to talking to people. No, I just kind of go around like a zombie in the morning, mm -hmm. get my coffee until it interjects into my, my bloodstream. Yep. To then, you know, awake and be able to go through my days. So, um, but I'm super excited to, to be with the Teach Better family and with you, Katie, this morning, because I know that we have some really fun topics, but um, yeah, I got coffee going and I'm hoping to wake up soon. Yeah. So Josh, I guess we can kind of stick to a little bit of the rules because you know, you and I are probably going to break all the other ones. All so right. let's, I guess, start by introducing ourselves. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself just yeah. in case someone has missed you in the last, you know, couple it years? may have happened because yeah. I kind of work behind the scenes. I am the training and development specialist. So I got a new title in July. So super excited to transition from being a assistant principal over to the Teach Better team now and working on all of the things. So, um, you know, me and you actually, Katie, you're probably sick of me by this week. Cause you know, we were working with the conference on Monday yeah. and then I am in charge of now the admin mastermind and you joined that yesterday and then yeah. today we're, we're together. So, um, I, I have my hands on a lot of different projects, but super excited to be with the team and super excited too about teach better conference coming up in like a week. Eight <laughs> I think it's eight days. I think you're right. Ooh. Well, I'm Katie Miglin, and I'm the director of curriculum instruction. And I too, like Josh, left the classroom last year to be able to come full time with the team. So uh, we are super excited to have this opportunity to work with you guys. We both kind of do behind the scenes stuff, which is really kind of fun. Um, conference is the big thing. I feel like Josh and I, yep, we've been talking a lot about that. But Josh, you edited the, the videos from the course that just came out. So it is kind of fun to like be able to be on screen because sometimes we are working on stuff behind the scenes. So I, I'm actually really grateful, Josh, that this is the third day in a row I get to hang out with you because there are some weeks that we only get to see each other like once. Yeah. So this is a bonus. And then next week we're together for a while. Yeah. So kind you actually fun. might be sick of me by next week. I think it's going to be the other way around, but yes, it's going to be a lot of time together. <laughs> it is. 
So if you are not, or if you maybe if you're new to the Teach Better family, we have our conference next week. It is officially next week. We can say that we're in single digits. If you have um, any questions or you're like, hmm, I've got next week open. I want to jump in. You can go to teachbetterconference.com. Registration is still open, but not for much longer. And uh, join us. It's next Friday and Saturday. Josh, we're going to get there Wednesday. Yep. And I I know of a to-do list that's super long. But do you think that we're really going to get that much work done in those like first hours where we all like see each other? No, we're yeah. just so excited to see each other. I mean, we got a little taste of it over the summer as the Teach Better team got together for the retreat. Mm-hmm. And it was so much fun. And although we got a lot of work done, we also had a lot of fun, you know, getting to know each other too and um, seeing each other for the first time, many of us. And I think it's going to have kind of that, that same vibe, but even bigger because we got so many more people coming in and um, to help out too before the conference. But then we got the hangouts in the evenings, um, which if you haven't been, you know, in 2019, those are some of the most amazing events. Um, to go and to see so many people that you've been connected with on social media, but then to have that time to actually get to know them as people um, is yeah. super fun and exciting. And um, I love those times in the evening. So I know like Thursday night, we've got um, event to like be- kick it off before the actual conference starts. So um, if you're coming in early, make sure that you join us for that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I know that it's going to be pretty fun prior to the conference. Well, right, because it's not just about the conference. I mean, yep. it, it is obviously that's like the bulk of it. But yeah, there's there's so many intentional things that we've done with the structure of the, the schedule so that there's opportunities. And that's I was just talking to um, one of our team members last night about that. And she was saying how excited she was just to like talk, like just literally be able to talk. She's like, I know, we'll, we'll you know, so many of us will be like working. But she was like, we're going to get so much out of just the, like the conversations so I can't wait. And I know you're like, you're running podcast row, which yeah. will be super fun to like, honestly, I'm excited for the week after to like, hear some podcasts start to come out after, you know, from the conference. For sure. So that's one of the fun things. So in 2019, I got the chance to bring the Aspire to Lead podcast there and record. And so I got to record like with 20 to 25 different people yeah. during the event, which was amazing in itself. But then to like go back to listen and then like, curate that content and put it out um, was really fun because it was bringing back all the the awesome memories that were established, not just in that conversation with that person, but other interactions through the conference. So um, it was really fun to, to put that out. And I got a lot of amazing response from people too, because it was the same thing for them. They got to hear the vibe and the background and the energy that was occurring at the conference. And I'm so excited to, have that replicated again, but even at a grander scale, because we've got so many more podcasts, we've got 14 different podcasts represented this year um, at the conference, which is phenomenal. And then we've got just so many more speakers and people in the, and the venues gorgeous. So like, um, yeah, I'm I'm so excited (laughs) for next week for so many reasons, especially podcast row. Absolutely. There's, there's lots of comments coming in. Good morning, friends. So good to see you. We've got Bri- we've got Ray. Um, we've got Brianna. It'll be like a big family reunion is what she said in the comments. Could not agree more. But Ray wants you to kind of elaborate. You kind of touched on a few of the things, Josh, but podcast a row for those of you who don't really know 
is it's its own space. Like you said, the venue is gorgeous. There's um, it's a, it's a used to be in a museum. So there's yeah. lots of cool little like areas, I guess is what you'd call it. But Josh, you have like a whole space just for podcaster row for recording. Can you tell us like what that's going to look like? How will, you know, what will go on in that room? Of course. So yeah, we've, we've got 14 podcasts. And so the space, when you walk into the venue, there's this like gorgeous, and I'm going to kind of set the scene. There's this gorgeous courtyard outside of the, the school. And it's got like beautiful art pieces and uh, people will be going into the doors to the entryway. And there's this foyer area with a, a large desk that people will be, you know, signing up or registering or getting all other things that they need for the conference to begin with. And off to the side, there is this, this, space that's absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic that's very long but it's also got all these tvs and, and tables and that's where the podcast role will be set up and there'll be signage for that too and we'll have seven podcasts um, in the morning seven in the afternoon and that space is really for the podcasters to bring different people into there and to record with them and have conversations but we also want folks to be able to kind of experience that space also so um, if you're curious you want to see a podcast interview going on feel free to pop in and um, we've got some wonderful people there set up to kind of help you. You know, if you want to be on a podcast, I know some podcasters sort of have that available where you can just sign up at the conference um, as mm -hmm. podcasters also will be going around asking different people from um, not only those who are attending, but the speakers too, to come in and to have uh, a time to learn more about their sessions or what they're doing on the campus. And yeah, it's just kind of this beautiful organic creation. So um, I know we're going to be working not only with podcasts, but we're going to do some live video stuff there too, and um, just have fun with all these different creators. Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of, like you said, there's kind of like a mix. There's like people who are intentionally setting stuff up ahead of time, yeah. but then there's also things that will happen naturally. What I do love about your specific space is it isn't, it's kind of off the beaten path a little. So yeah. you're like, you have your own kind of area, but it's not so off the beaten path. Like people will pass it when they come in in the morning. Anytime they leave, they'll pass it. So I think that's super cool. Um, but yeah, but yeah lots, lots of cool, cool stuff. stuff. Are you hearing me? No. I... Really? Yeah. Okay, well, someone in the comments tell me if I'm annoying. I'm hearing myself and I can't. I can't. <laughs> Um, Ray says, if you can't attend the conference and you still want to learn about it, then go check out those podcasts after the fact. I think that's such a great idea um, because lots of people will be pushing stuff out. Okay. So Josh, you, everyone else is saying they hear the echo. Man, is it gone? Is it better? I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm a terrible judge because maybe I, because I'm in here, it's, I can't hear it, but maybe, well, I apologize friends. I'm. I don't know what to do, but all right. Uh, Fennel said, teachbetterconference.com if you want to get any more information. So make sure you check that out. Josh, okay, we've got the conference. That's big next week. We all know that. What else do we have going on? Since you're the behind the scenes person, what else do we kind of have going on with the team? We've got still courses are coming out. What does yeah. that look like when you're editing a course? Well, actually, I'm, I'm building a course right now with Aaron um, on difficult conversations. So we're we're in the midst of that. Actually, I'm meeting with her today to like finalize the outline and just to kind of give you a, a sneak peek behind the scenes. Um, we're going to be recording those videos here soon. And then, yeah, um, what we do is we build an outline for the topic at hand and kind of 
figure out who's going to be talking about what. And then those videos are built out. And then I get anywhere between 20 to 40 videos and I have to go through and, and make sure that those have specific things to, to make sure that, you know, every video has certain aspects to make sure that the, the learning is happening for folks and it's easy for them to work through the course um, in Teachable. So yeah, build those out with the videos and then go into the back end of, of Teachable, the, the course and, you know, construct it in there to make sure that all the videos um, align with the outline and folks can, can go through the content as easy as, as possible. So sometimes there's other additional resources that need to be added to to the course. So um, work with that and yeah, just do my, my best to construct it. So I did one for you and Sarah. Uh, what was that last month? September. So yeah. Yeah. So that was really fun. I mean, you guys were quite comical in your, your takes and, you know, as far as editing, I got to see behind the scenes too. So that was fun. Um, in addition to just learning great content from, from those on the team. Well, Andrea is dropping comments. Sorry, I hear the echo again. Um, Andrea is saying, yes, this is a fantastic course. Um, Josh, you are completely obese. Just, I know the messy footage that we gave you for our course. So, and I know you somehow magically made it an awesome course. So yes, you are fantastic at this. We've got more people dropping um, good mornings in the comments. Good morning. We do have the teachbetteracademy.com. If you are at all interested in checking out any of our courses, there's some free, some paid for, but they are all accessible. We strongly recommend you check some of those out. You can see Josh's epic uh, editing skills, but also get the content. Josh and Aaron have one coming out here soon, which will be super, super exciting and very timely. So we look forward to hearing more information about that in the coming weeks. So that's super awesome. I do want to give a quick shout out, Josh, to Katie Volhaber. She is a teacher that I worked with um, in my original building and love seeing her name. Good morning, Katie. Good to see you. Good to have you here. She did say sometimes it is a little nostalgic because it's like having morning coffee like we used to in the hall. So super fun there. So Josh, if we're following the actual rules of morning Wednesday, wake up. Uh, this is when we're going to kind of transition to our teachable moments. So are you ready to transition? Yeah, definitely. Let's All do right, it. Let's do it. Welcome back. Well, we are here with the Wednesday Wake Up. My name is Katie and I'm here with Josh. And on our Wednesday Wake Up, we like to talk through a teachable moment, something you can take back to your school and kind of something to ponder, something to think about, possibly implement. And today we know it is October and we are hearing from teachers all over that the dust has settled. Things are, you know, kind of the honeymoon phase is over. I feel like it was a slow roll, but now students are comfortable. And Josh, you and I both know from being in the classroom that sometimes that means behavior starts to take a little bit of a dive. And so today we want to kind of talk about how to combat that because we know, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a fun time of year. I was talking to some elementary teachers last week and they said, October is so fun because we've got 
fall and apple units and pumpkin units. And, you know, if people celebrate Halloween, that's right around the corner. But then there's with that, there's also the behaviors start to not look so great. You know, maybe I know in middle school, this is when we'd start to see that there were no writing utensils brought to class or, you know, charged computers weren't really happening anymore. So all of those things start to happen. And so Josh, when you and I were talking before we logged on, we kind of were talking about this, how this is something we're hearing from teachers and we know this is a thing. And you immediately were like, oh, they could reevaluate this. And so when you think of being in the class, like being back in schools, if you were standing in front of your staff, what are some things that you would encourage them to maybe start doing? Yeah. So this happened every year, Katie. <laughs> October is one of those times um, where, like you said, folks are getting comfortable, especially the students. And there's a lot of excitement. Obviously, we're getting into a stage in the season where there's a lot of holidays and, and fun things that occur. Um, football season has gone off, homecoming, whatnot. So, you know, for our staff, what we always talked about were treatment agreements. And that was something that we established at the very beginning of school. And so what a treatment agreement is, is, is just a opportunity for students to share and have ownership in the expectations of the classroom. And that's not a, a list of things you don't do. So it's not a list of like, don't do this in the classroom, don't do that. It's more about like how people are going to treat each other. So that's that's the whole treatment agreement piece. So it mm -hmm. is student to student, student to teacher and teacher to student, and it's an agreement. So, you know, the, the students have ownership of like creating those those outlines of things of how they're going to um, treat each other in a, in a respectful way. And so once that's established at the beginning of the school year, you know, when it comes to October, that's when things are starting to be forgot. That's when students get comfortable and try to kind of push that line, especially like you said, in middle school of what am I going to be able to get away with <laughs> during this month? And so, you know, what we always like to say is that it was a living, breathing document. It shouldn't be just a set of rules you know, on the wall that's never been discussed again. Um, it's something that should be brought back and start to look at again and revise. So like, for instance, if even computer is not being charged in the morning, if that's a chronic thing that's occurring in the month of October, well, that needs to be addressed, right? That's also something that needs to be um, brought up in a conversation. And most times students are pretty honest. So for instance, like cell phones were always one of those things that as the school year went on, it got more difficult and were brought out and started to be a disruption in the classroom. Well, when we would sit with the class and say, Hey, what do you think needs to be added to the treatment agreement? A lot of times cell phones is one of those things <laughs> that was brought up. And some of the ones that brought it up were the ones that were bringing the phones out. So, you know, they'll, they'll tell on themselves and they'll realize what needs to be changed and added. So um, it's one of those things that you got to have that conversation with folks, you know, you need to bring it to the forefront and make sure that there's ownership. So um, I think it's a powerful tool. We did the treatment agreement also with the staff. So we did, you know, teacher to teacher, teacher to admin, admin to teacher. And we had those posted also because we wanted to make sure that we were as leaders modeling that for our teachers. And, you know, as administrators, how do you want us to treat you as teachers um, in that relationship? And so, you know, we did that beginning of the school year. And then in October, we brought that to the staff and said, you know, as a staff, do we need to revise this also? So, you know, just because we're adults doesn't mean that we don't have the same things going on as, as students. We need to make sure that we all understand the expectations and all feel like we're being treated with respect and um, we want to have a voice in that. So 
you know, it was one of those things that it was campus wide. Mm-hmm. And I think October is a perfect time. Really every month should be <laughs> a time to review this, but especially October is one of those times where we'd bring it back up and look to see if there was any revisions that need to be done. So Josh, when you're kind of thinking, like if you were to actually tell a teacher how to implement it, so you call, you know, you've given us like what it is, but if I am listening today and I'm thinking, okay, this sounds like something I need. This is something I want to implement, whether it's with my classroom or my team or my department or school, whatever. How did you like actually start it? Can you kind of walk us through like, where did the, how do you create the original? And then do you address it kind of every week? Is it, is it something you create and then you post and then you come back to like, can you kind of walk us through some of those logistics, just if someone's considering it, how they will then know how to kind of do it? Yeah, of course. So what we would do, and there was a lot of different ways. Teachers obviously have a comfort level with their students, but the main thing is that we wanted to make sure that the students understood that it was a tool and it was meant to help them, you know, with the why piece. So mm-hmm. that was something that the teachers instructed on as far as what it was, why we were putting it in place, and that it was something that was going to be visible and brought up a lot, like every single day. That was really the plan. And so it needs to be posted somewhere. So some folks would post it on a poster, like on the wall. Mm-hmm. In addition, they would post it sometimes, they would make smaller versions and put it on the desk. And the, the idea is that it is visible. And it's not just something that goes away. Um, A lot of times, the more visible it was, the more the students owned it. And they would actually help each other out in those situations. So, for instance, if if one of the expectations was, you know, to not disrupt the class. Well, that's not a very good one because it's a not. But, you know, that you would pay attention during the instruction. That's probably a better term. Then if someone wasn't doing that, a lot of times students would be like, hey, you're not following the treatment agreement. You need to be paying attention. You know, and they would Mm -hmm. correct the other students around them, which is extremely powerful. Um, and it takes the place of a teacher having to do that because it's, it's not a power struggle at that point. Um, the other piece to it is you want to make sure you get ownership. So we would a lot of times in the morning do morning check-in and that looked a lot of different ways. Um, we do some relationship building, but the main idea was to have a circle, um, to make sure that everybody was being heard um, that they had a voice in that. And so a lot of times what we would do is we'd create a circle and then have the students share out what they would like to have on the treatment agreement as far as an expectation. Once we curated that, then we would kind of take the top responses. So we take like the top five responses. So if there was a similarity, because typically students say the same thing, but maybe a little different way in their verbiage. So, you know, if the same thing was said three to five times, okay, we group that together and we take like the top five from that as far as what a student student interaction or relationship would look like um, versus you know, the teacher to student and student to teacher. So we almost made like a pie chart. And then each section of the pie had the five different expectations on there for the treatment agreement. And so you could also do that in a Google survey. Also, yeah. uh, we, we did that. Um, so sometimes students have a tough time sharing out a voicing in front of their peers. If they're embarrassed, they just gave them a, a safe space to to put in something um, that they may not want to share out to everyone. So sometimes the teachers would share the expectations of what that tool looked like, provide the Google form, then the students would fill it out. And then the teacher on the back end would curate and figure out, okay, which ones are similar and put that together. And then the idea is that, you know, the students sign off on it too. So then you review, okay, what was said majority of the time, 
this is student created and then we all need to agree upon it moving forward because if there's an agreement then you know it's not going to be a successful tool so once you get that agreement um you know then you want to make it visible right it's concrete in the sense that you all agreed upon this we're moving forward with these expectations and so that's when you got to figure out how you're going to display it so it's something that's visible every single day so then the idea would be if a let's say a teacher rolls it out has done all the things and then something's not working whether there's not buy-in or a behavior starts to kind of surface then that would be one of the opportunities that you could then bring it to light and say hey guys we talked about this this is where we agreed on just kind of having that continual conversation is where then the quality, you know, where it becomes important versus like what I think so many of us, and I know I'm guilty of this, where beginning of the year, you talk through what does everybody want the space to look like? And it's, you know, sounds so warm and fuzzy. And then you like start the marathon of the school year. And then it just, I mean, I literally can remember like just standing in my classroom being like, we all agreed on this. Come on, start doing it. You know, like where you're just like so heated about it. Because at that point, then it hasn't been an open conversation. But what I love about this is that it is intentional. There was collaboration with it for all different directions, not just how will you guests in my room treat this space? You know, it's like, how will we work together? How will, you know, what are the expectations for how you'll treat me? And then vice versa. I think there's so much power in that, but where I think the true power comes from is then continuing, like like you said, every day, every week, however it, those moments happen, but making them intentional and often, because it is super easy to bring it up when there's a problem, which is what I think a lot of us lean on because we just get going. And so to not see it as this is a document, I'm going to wave in your face when I see a problem, it's more is this what we agreed on? Do we need to change something? Is there something else we should be doing with this? I think that's so, so cool and so powerful. I do like the idea that you said having a circle kind of to start the day. I know a lot of teachers use that just as a check-in, just to give students a safe space. And that could or could not be a topic that is brought up of, you know, the treatment agreement, which I think is so cool. So then let's flip it. So then, you know, we've done, you're thinking through how it looks like in your classroom. Can you kind of share from the administrator side, how did you guys roll this out with staff? Because I think that is so fascinating. Yeah, so as far as staff, we we worked on a lot of implementation of just restorative practices, trauma-informed care. So this was kind of part of that piece of we need to build a relationship with our students. That's extremely important. I know we've, on several weeks prior, Wednesday Wake Up has talked about relationship building with students. So obviously every educator knows that, but it's a matter of like making sure that we're intentional in our time with our students, because it is important in the mornings to make sure that we're checking with our students, to saying hello in that doorway, to figure out what resources do they need? Did they have a terrible night the night before and they're not gonna be very successful today and what is it that they need, right? So part of that piece is the treatment agreement of you know, building out those expectations so that there's no guesswork. You know, if a student has gone through trauma, they want to make sure that they are in a safe space, but then also that they understand what is going on in their day. Because if they don't have any idea, then they don't have control. And if they don't have control, then most likely they're not going to be the best version of themselves because they're going to have anxiety and some other issues emotionally um, in that space. So the treatment agreement is really just to lay things out for them so that they understand the routines of the classroom and the expectations that they're in a safe space 
as far as how they're going to be treated in the relationships that are going on in that space. So um, that was the why piece with the, with the staff and rolling that out. Obviously, every educator wants the best for their students. They want to make sure that those who are coming in um, know the expectations. And so this was just one tool that we provided. Now, that one tool, though, is was something that we were very intentional with is saying every teacher is going to be doing this. Um, as administrators, as leaders, we're going to do it also. That's why we did the treatment agreement with them. And we did it the same way. And we modeled that to the teachers of this is how we're going to construct it. So, you know, I did the whole why piece in the presentation, just like they would do with their students. And then we did the Google form with their teachers and we broke it down into sections for them to have the freedom to state how they wanted to um, be treated and how they would treat us, right, as administrators. And then we constructed it and every teacher got a version of that treatment agreement that, you know, they all signed off on just like the students. So we want to make sure that we went through the process with them prior to so they could see what they would need to do to replicate that in their classroom. So you would recommend in the best case scenario, kind of the ideal situation, you would recommend a school kind of decide as a collective unit, this is happening in all of our classrooms but then kind of rolling it out with the staff. So there's that practice, the learning of how to roll it out, because I think that's so tricky, Josh. And I'm sure you've been in situations where you hear this really cool idea and you're like, I want to do that. And I want to do it exactly how you're talking about it. You know, a trainer comes and you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then it comes to your classroom. And I know I've stood in my room and I'm like, okay, how do I say it exactly how they just said it? Cause it was perfect. So I think that's really cool that you're kind of flipping it and you say, you know, your, your recommendation, I guess, is kind of like start with the staff, show them how to do it, talk through the why, let them like live it. So then you know what it's like on the student, which is so cool because that, that is a big part of it is we are so good as educators to say here, do this or here, this is what we're doing, but to really put us in the shoes of the students. And then also it's, it's holding all of us accountable. It's, you know, you got an agreement with administration, you've got an agreement with, you know, all the people, I don't know, I think it's just, it's a really cool kind of like avenue to take when we know that this is something that has to be revisited often throughout the year. You know, it cannot just be an August and January thing, which is sometimes what we lean on because that's what we know, but to have it in, in a positive light too. I love the name treatment agreement. When you told me that this morning, I was like, tell me more about that. So I think that's so cool on how you're kind of like bringing everybody together. Um, there's lots of comments happening in the, the chat right now. Ray saying this would be great to do at an institute day with staff. Absolutely. Josh, is that kind of how you guys rolled it out at the beginning of the year? Yeah. So we did at the beginning of the year, but then like we do with teachers when we asked about them revisiting, it was something that we tried to revisit also throughout the year too. So um, that way we would, able to say do we need to revise anything with the staff so you know not just modeling at the the front end but then also modeling the steps as the school year went on so that way the staff understood that it is important that we need to make time for it and then they would be able to then go into the classroom the same way um, and and do the same process of, of checking in seeing if anything needs to be manipulated or changed with the treatment agreement so yeah most definitely okay. very cool um Sorry, if you have not been listening, we're having kind of tech issues. I'm echoing. So while our conversation might be going back and forth, it's really just because I'm trying to prevent you from hearing two of me because one of me is plenty at this time of day. So um, we've got Alex. Good morning, Alex. He's saying he's jumping in 
I think it's fitting, Alex, that you're on your way to a district institute because we are talking about something that maybe a district can roll out. So good morning. We've got um, some Unit 5 friends that are jumping in. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Rexy. Uh, we've got a, someone from India, which I think is awesome. So good morning to you. So Josh, so if someone is maybe they're like, okay, it's already October, Josh, I can't like roll this out yet. That's great for next year. No, you can do it now. <laughs> okay. Can you tell us more? Like, so if someone literally is like, I want to do this right now, or I want to do something like this, what do you recommend since it is like two months or three months into the school year? Yeah. So Kitty, let me, um, so you remember you, you said, you know, something for modeling for the staff because they may not know how to do it. Right. So I made the the vital mistake of, of sharing this out to staff, but not modeling it for them. And so, and not requiring every teacher to do it. So, you know, one teacher specifically had an issue with their class. Um, this will be no surprise. And as a, a male, I can say this is we have a lot of energy when we're younger and we need to like move around a lot and we could be rambunctious. So there was a lot of boys in the classroom and the treatment agreement wasn't constructed. And it was like November or December in the school year. And so I went and talked to the teacher and was trying to brainstorm ideas. We implemented and I modeled it in the classroom with this classroom um, as the administrator came in and we circled up, we constructed the treatment agreement and the boys did a great job and we're really taking ownership of this. And I, I tried to let them know, like, this is a team effort. Obviously the goal for the classroom is for everyone to learn. They agreed and, you know, made this beautiful treatment agreement. Well, it was so fascinating to see like moving forward because they took ownership of it. They really kept each other accountable. And it was like this team mentality of, of guys of like making sure and not in a rude and disrespectful way, but yeah. to keep each other on task to say, okay, this is our goal, not only to treat each other correctly, but then also like our goal is to be the best versions of ourselves to get good grades and, and to learn the material. And then that started to change too. So the teacher was only seeing like a, a more respectful classroom and better behavior, but then the, the grades also were, were getting higher and she saw a level of mastery um, that hadn't happened prior. And it was because these boys had taken ownership and, you know, she did a great job of posting it everywhere and, and coming back to it. And then, you know, they would even point to it on their desk and be like, Hey buddy, you're not doing, you know, one of the things on the treatment agreement and they would correct themselves. And so she got to see the power of that in the classroom and just how the tool worked in this case. And, and that's what it is. It's, it's something that you need to value. It's something that you need to come back to. And it can do a lot of wonders for kids because they created it. It wasn't a teacher telling them what to do. Right. It was something that said, okay, I see a need here. I'm going to put it on here. They would they own it because they were the ones that asked to put it on the treatment agreement. So yeah, it doesn't have to be at the beginning of the year in August. It can be constructed anytime in the school year. And it's just a tool that, you know, I've, I've seen firsthand be a really powerful resource. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's, it's cool that you saw there was like an issue in a classroom because I wonder too, if sometimes that is when some of those, you know, more challenging students kind of buy in because they've been living in the behaviors, they've been seeing it and how it's been impacting their classroom Versus sometimes at the beginning of the year, I know when I've like talked through what are the expectations, it's like, well, we're all perfect right now because everyone just came in from summer. It's that new phase. But sometimes, yeah, it does take some of that like reflecting of like, this isn't working. So what do we need to do to make it work? Which I think is another powerful kind of thought, you know, of 
ideally, yeah, it'd be great if you rolled it out at the beginning of the year, kept, you know, it kept coming back to it. But it is okay to think through, can I do it now? Because there are some things that specifically need to be addressed. I think that's super, super cool. Josh, honestly, when we were talking through behaviors, I felt like we had ideas on our own as far as like, oh, this is a challenging time of year. You know, we both kind of when we were like, ooh, October. <laughs> but your, I think your idea of rolling this out, giving students the autonomy to try something and then continue to address it throughout the year is truly what we expect, whether it's a, it's a treatment agreement or whether it's something, but that collaboration, that giving the students what they need so they can be successful. And what I love, you've said it about three or four times, but letting students be them best, their best selves. And that's so what we want. You know, that, that message that we send as teachers is this isn't a rule. I'm not trying to roll something out so that you follow school expectations, my expectations, whatever. It's so that you can be your best self and be a learner. And what what administrator or what educator can argue with an administrator when they say that, it, you know, to try to say, this is what we're going to do so that you can meet the needs of your students. I feel like that's what we all want. And sometimes we just haven't figured out the magic formula. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's so cool. So we have also in this wonderful uh, morning together, Josh, our early morning, uh, we are going to highlight a community member. Do you, are you good if we kind of switch to that? Oh, please. All right. Let me get the right commercial. Here we go. All right. Good morning. Good morning. If you are just now joining us, welcome to the Wednesday Wake Up, where we are live every Wednesday at 6 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Got them. And my name is Katie Miglin, and I am here with Joshua Stamper, and we are members of the Teach Better team filling in for Ray and Jeff, who are doing all the things this week. We are super excited to be with you Today, we are having some technical issues. I am very lucky, so I apologize in advance if you hear not one, but two Katie Miglins. That's a lot of Katie Miglins for early in the morning. Where Josh and I are at right now, it is in the six o'clock-ish range, so we are still sipping our coffee. If we start to make no sense, it's because, oh, Josh, are you gone? Is your coffee gone? It's close. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I've been kind of chugging. I, I, I think I was just kind of like pouring it in my mouth as it was brewing um, because I was really struggling this morning. <laughs> yeah. All right, Josh, well, we're going to talk through a community member that is on our team. We both love her. She's so great. Um, sorry, I got to click the right button here. <laughs> All right, we've got Rachel. Rachel is the director of marketing. And Josh, we both had the pleasure of meeting Rachel at our retreat this summer. Rachel is one of the people who I say is probably the most behind the scenes out of all of the team members. Um, Rachel is, is in college still. She's still rocking it, but loves to be working with us as educators. I say loves loosely. She did write it on her slide. But I think um, one of the things that we love about Rachel is she does so many things behind the scenes and is really kind of does all the things with marketing. So when you see images come out, when you see things on social media, that is Rachel's kind of brain power, which is super fun. Rachel, we are so grateful for you. Um, Josh, 
what were your thoughts when you first met Rachel? Because we know her from like base camp, things that we do behind the scenes. But like when you first met her, were you kind of blown away at her amazingness? Yeah. I mean, behind the scenes, I had, you know, heard many things. Now that I'm a part of the marketing team, I get to see it firsthand. So like she is a rock star. I know Ray in her comments says she's her hero. I mean, <laughs> I think that's a pretty uh, perfect way to say it because Rachel is so diligent about it, but then she's mm -hmm. so sweet. Like yes. <laughs> in, in person and, you know, in, in, um, you know, zooms and all the things, uh, chats, whatnot. So she's very professional, very diligent. She is so quick on everything. If you have a request, like she's on it right away. I don't know how it's possible. Um, but she, you know, she's the behind the scenes boss. You know, she just, she does all the things. And I think Ray's a little scared of her. I think so too, which is honestly really fun. So Ray <laughs> said she's honestly the biggest boss on the team. Rachel, we love you. I 100% agree with Josh. You, She's so quick on everything. If you send her something or, yeah. you know, I feel like I've been bugging her a lot with conference graphics and stuff. And she's like, so on it. Right. I only bring up she was in college because I know as a college student, I couldn't handle like half of college let alone college and this like a whole nother job Oops. so shout out to rachel we are so grateful you're a member of the team keep being amazing and honestly i think if nothing else keep bossing ray around because <laughs> i really enjoy that so not fun yes not gonna lie. all right so we are kind of getting to towards the end josh i know we talked about this at the beginning but we have a challenge which sometimes can be a challenge to think of so I'm going to give you a commercial. And when we come back, I want to know, do you have a challenge for our community? So you got the wheels turning? I don't know. It's kind of going, the gears are going slow this morning. So okay. give me that commercial. Okay, here we go. All right, welcome back to our Wednesday Wake Up, where we are live every Wednesday on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Yes, I did it faster. You're getting better. I am. I'm getting better. All right, so today we have talked about the conference and how excited and I, Josh and I are to hang out next week. We have talked about reevaluating your classroom structure and how maybe you can address some of those icky behaviors that we sometimes start to see in the fall. And we have said thank you to Rachel, who is a wonderful member of the Teach Better team. And so now we are kind of in the, the final stretch of this morning show. And this is where we offer you a challenge. And so it's an opportunity for you to kind of take one thing away from our conversation today, which has been so awesome, and to kind of implement it. So Josh. Yes. I want to know, what is a challenge you have for our community as they finish out their week? Yeah, so just in line with what we're talking about today, not that you have to create all of the things, right? You don't need to have a treatment agreement constructed by the end of today. But I would like you to look at your expectations in your classroom and the language that you're using. You know, is it a, is it negative language or is it positive language? You know, is it requesting the appropriate behavior that you want? And is there ownership with the students? So not that you have to replicate any, everything that I said this morning, but um, really looking at the language and how you're communicating your expectations to your classroom, I think it has a really big impact with the way that students perceive it 
interpret it, and then also execute it. So I think the communication piece is huge as a teacher to the students and ownership. If there's any way that you can enhance that in every lesson, I think that's going to go a long way, especially when it comes to behavior and expectations in the classroom. Well, and to, to kind of piggyback off of that piece, not just looking at it and evaluating it, but then also how are you bringing the students into the conversation, which was the big part of what I felt like you kind of shared is whether or not you have an actual treatment agreement, whether you have some other structure, just that has to be an open dialogue because it is, it's going to establish that culture and that sense of community. And ultimately, if you want students to act a certain way, then they have to be a part of that conversation because we as adults, as you said, um, we want that same thing. That's why you guys, I thought that was so cool that you guys do that as a staff from the administrators to teachers and, you know, you kind of modeled it, but we want that for ourselves. So therefore we should be expecting students to be a part of the conversation. What I also think is kind of interesting is I was going to give the exact same challenge. So clearly our wavelengths are on the same page, but yeah, I think just being intentional about taking a moment to look at what do you want in your classroom? And sometimes it's hard. And I say this from a place that I would have this issue where I sometimes would struggle to really be intentional about like pausing and looking at what did I roll out at the beginning of the year? And is that working? Because we know that every group of students is different. We know that every year looks different. Goodness, the last like three years have been just completely like, you know, every year is very, very different lately. So really looking at what do you, what did you want to get out of the year? What do you hope to see in your classroom? And is what the, what the systems you have, is it actually working? And maybe it's time to kind of give yourself kind of a hard reality check of maybe I need to do something different because it's not working. And so easy for us to say it's the students or it's this or this, but maybe it's us, you know, maybe we just need to reevaluate what we're doing. So Josh, I think that's the the specific tip you gave was super helpful, but also that reflective piece, like the fact that you keep having the conversations, you keep bringing it up to students. I think all of that is super, super helpful. So, um, yeah, like it shouldn't be a cookie cutter, right? Because, you know, if you're in secondary, you have multiple classes, you can't roll out the same tool and just expect like everyone's going to fall in line with the same thing over and over and over because there are different personalities or different classes. Each class, as you know, has its own way of doing things and, you know, have different experiences. So you need to make sure that you're tailoring, tailoring it to that specific group to make sure that the tool is efficient. So, um, or effective either way. So yeah, make sure that you are reflecting in that process of, is there anything as a teacher that I can do to make sure that this community can be, like we said, the best version of itself. Yeah. I love that. Um, Andrea did drop in the comments, which I just want to make sure we share is she said, you can't expect something if you didn't intentionally teach it. And I think that is so important because that is something sometimes we forget, you know, we think by the time they get into fifth grade, they should know how to do these things. And it's like, well, not always. And I think if anything, we've learned these last few years that some things maybe have gotten missed or forgotten or whatever. So it is a good time of year to reevaluate and kind of think through what are some things, how do you want the next, you know, the next few months to look like? So, so good. Josh, I have had a great morning with you. Um, it's been super fun to, to talk. Like we said, we've connected a few times, 
But the next few weeks are going to be kind of crazy. Next week, um, we're not really sure who will be on the screen because you and I will be traveling. But uh, we look forward to continuing the conversation this month are kind of some things that we'll be maybe talking about our parent-teacher conferences or continuing to have those conversations now that the honeymoon phase, as sometimes you hear, is over and how you can continue to bring out the best version of not only yourself, but also your students and to continue fostering those relationships and the communication to all the important people that are in your classroom. So super, super fun conversation today. Thank you so much for the people who are in the comments joining us super early this morning. Josh, what's the first thing you're going to do when you log off here? Is it get more coffee? No, it's to pack for Teach Better 22. <laughs> okay. For those of you who don't know, this is a running joke that they the team likes to talk about what people are packing. And I've reminded them that is something I will address next week. There's too much to do this week. So if I show up in my pajamas next week, just know it's because I forgot to ever think about it. But we're not going to allow you to forget. <laughs> That's true. You guys have brought it up enough. I can't forget at this point. <laughs> I just like the anxiety on screen. Just, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, no, yeah. it's going to be all good, Kitty. It's going to be so much fun. I can't, I cannot wait. This is like, I'm waiting for Christmas. Like this is on the same level. Right? I know. It's like a fall version of Christmas. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't either. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us on our Wednesday wake up. You're welcome to join us on Sunday in the fi private Facebook group. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Have a great day.